Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Samantha Marcus from sunny Los Angeles. And today we're going to be talking about some incredible films. We're going to be talking about Sonic Boom, Here Comes the Boom. We're going to be talking about Cat in the Hat, Storm Boy. So we got all these fun films coming out. And right now we're going to be talking to Catherine about Cat in the Hat, Season 2, Version 2. Catherine is 10 and she is from Chicago. And we're going to be talking about Cat in the Hat. So Catherine, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Sure. So Cat in the Hat, like who does not love Cat in the Hat? I mean, I've grown up with Cat in the Hat, but I haven't seen the episodes that you've seen. So I want you to tell me what was it like seeing those episodes? I mean, I think about my past and I I, I loved Cat in the Hat and I still do because it's awesome. And I mean, like, I think that the episodes were very cool. Um, some of them included, like, uh, when Sally and Nick went to uh, space to learn the names of the planets, and they learned why Tommy's grumble, why, um, why like, um, or how, uh, how cloth is made, and uh, stuff like that, just, yeah, and how to walk on three or more legs. Wow, so okay, they went to space, they got to learn how cloth is made, and they learned how to walk on three or more legs. Oh my god, that is so cool. I mean, sometimes, like, I wish that I could learn how to walk on three or more legs, because, you know, we can only walk on two, which is really sad. But, you know, I wonder what it would be like to have another leg. But that's so cool. I'm so glad that these episodes seem to have a lot of variety in them. I mean, sounds like you really enjoyed it. So if you had to pick a favorite episode out of all of them, what would you say it would be? All right, my personal favorite was probably when they went to space. When they went to space, okay. Have you ever dreamed about going to space yourself? Why, actually, I have. I mean, I've never thought about being an astronaut or anything, but I feel like it would be really cool to go to space. Yeah, me too. I feel like it'd be really cool, but sadly, we can't right now. We just have to leave it up to Neil Armstrong and all the others who've been up there, and we have to see these animals from Cat in the Hat do it themselves, too, so that's super cool. Now, was there any part of the series that you found was, like, really intriguing? Like, there was, like, a moment where you're like, oh my gosh, like, I wish I could really relate to this, or you just thought it was really great? Oh, I I can relate to wondering why Tommy's grumble? Like, you know, it's cool to learn about that. And, you know, I've, I'm a really curious kid. So I loved watching this. And, you know, so I could totally relate to Sally and Nick, like wanting to learn always, you know, always ready to learn. Did you actually get hungry while watching this? Why? Yes, I did. Learning why Tommy's grumble just, it was making me quite hungry. <laughs> Wow, okay. And I really like how you said that you were inspired by and it was great how you learn in this series. And I think, would you say that that's like the most important moral or message in this? I would say that it is one of them because it's teaching the kids that learning is fun. And yeah, I would say that it is a very important moral. Have you grown up watching Cat in the Hat or reading the books or has this been the first time that you've seen this? 
I have been reading the books. I've been watching them. I could always relate to Sally and Nick. I, I wanted to learn why was the sky blue? How could birds fly? I could totally relate to them. So in the series, do they actually tell you like why the sky is blue and birds flying and everything? Or is like something that's for you to figure out? Yeah, well, actually, um, it depends. Usually they do tell you why, which I think is a good thing because if your friends don't know, then you can tell your friends that like, oh, I know why the sky is blue. And so, yes, they do really, uh, they do tell you. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, I mean, I've honestly wanted to learn all those things too because they don't necessarily teach you all these things in school. Sometimes I find that we learn like even a little more just by watching and reading. So, that's super cool, too. And so what did you think of the music in this series? Like, was it fun or was there even not really a lot of music? Like, what was the aspect of it? Okay, I really thought the music was fun and it always went with everything. Like, in the beginning when they got the thingamajigger, they would always sing this little song. Like, it, it, it went like, here we go, 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 go on an adventure. And they would always sing that every time. And then they would always, like, sing about, like, um, what they were learning about, which I thought is really cool, too, because it can also help kids want to learn how to sing and stuff. Well, you have a great voice. Thank you for singing for us. That was <laughs> really exciting. <laughs> so, um yeah, I mean, I think that especially singing is also really important, too, in life. I mean, really to express your creativity. And, you know, that's what these shows do. They really show you how to be creative, how to be inspiring, how to be yourself. And I think that I really wish that, you know, a lot of people would relate to this because it sounds like they did. And it sounds like you did. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah. So. What was your opinion when you found out that you had to see this series? I was kind of secretly excited because I love Cat in the Hat. (laughs) Wow, that's great. Yeah, Cat in the Hat is fantastic, and I love it too. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're going to be talking about Sonic Boom, Here Comes the Boom, Bumblebee, Cat in the Hat, Storm Boy, and Shazam. Right now, we're talking to Catherine about Cat in the Hat Season 2, Version 2. And we were just talking about how fun Cat in the Hat is and how much you can learn from it. And it's just been a really great experience. So thank you so much, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. Now, you just said that you were a little excited to see this film. I mean, the series. And I think that I would be really excited, too, because who does not love Cat in the Hat? So what were your expectations? I mean, it's really common, especially for as film critics, for us to set these expectations like before going into a film because you want it to be really, really good. But in this case, you had a whole series. So what was it like? My expectations were... Um were very different. I thought that there might be less singing, but I was very surprised and then happily surprised. And um, I, either way, I thought it was going to be good. And of course, it was great. Did you happen to leave, like, well, I know you probably watch this at home, but after watching this series, did you have any songs stuck in your head or like, and we are singing them in the shower. I mean, a lot of times, like, when we have songs that are stuck in our heads, like, they can be stuck for days. And I think that that's so cool how songs can do that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The beginning song, like, uh, the here we go, 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 go one, like, that got stuck in my head. And I would sing it with them every time. 
Oh my gosh! Wow. See, this is what these shows do. They get you to sing along, and that's the best part. So, well, I'm really happy for you. And so, was there any part of the series that I know you talked about going to space, but was there any part of the series that you found was maybe not the best part? Like, was there a part that maybe you could critique a little bit, or a part that you wish more was added? Um, I feel like the Tommy's grumbling episode could have had more, um, because, I mean, it really only had them just going to visit Dr. Uh, Dr. Giggles, and, you know, I feel like, and I feel like it could have more, like, than the, them just learning about that and stuff, so, but either way, I thought every episode was really good. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like it by what you're saying, so I'm super happy to hear that, and do you think that, I mean... I don't know if you know if they're going to make more of these episodes, but do you think that they should? Do you think that these episodes, like, everything was already in them and they don't need to add anymore? I mean, what do you think? I absolutely think that uh, they should make more episodes because, I mean, you know, like, kids always want to learn, and the more they learn, the smarter they'll get, and that that's just a good thing. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing how much, especially we learn in school, and then once you get to college, and then after college, it's like you learn so much while you're in school and out of school that you can apply anywhere. And even if you think that you're in this class, and you're like, oh my god, I don't think I'm ever going to use that, it makes you smarter and more knowledgeable. And, you know, like, there are these things, like, even math, like, even if you're not going to be a math teacher, like, you can still use math in every day especially with taxes and everything so everything can be useful and it's important to learn and grow and be who you are because that's the best part and so at the end of these episodes you know there's always a major storyline that carries from the beginning to the end of the episodes and it kind of ties into the theme but what would you say the ending was like like I don't want you to say oh I don't want you to say spoilers but I want you to tell me what was the ending like? Well, usually at the end, um, of course, they learn, they they find what they're trying to find, and they always go home very happy and ready to learn some more. Wow, that's great! Yeah, I think that that's really cool, and um, I just I'm so happy to like be hearing about Cat in the Hat because it makes me think back to when I was a little child. Even though I'm 19, I still always have a spot in my heart for Cat in the Hat. And what would you say is the age and the star rating for this series? Okay, for the age, I would probably say 3 through 8. Because when you're younger, it's good to learn more. And I say 8 because, I mean, you know, I still watched it when I was 8. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, 8 is, uh, wow, that's like 11 years away from me. But being 8 is like such a great age and any age and I feel like there are so many things even adults could probably relate to Cat in the Hat because Cat in the Hat is the best so I'm so happy and um yeah I think that's all that I have for you so thank you so much for talking about Cat in the Hat thank you we're gonna take a quick break I'm your host Samantha Marcus from sunny Los Angeles and today you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions also today's show is sponsored by Cheeto and the Birds Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
to become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year, or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films, and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First film critics boot camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We were just talking about Cat in the Hat, and now we're going to be talking about another animated show, Sonic Boom, and we're going to be talking to Damon about this. So, Damon, can you just kind of introduce us with what this is about and kind of give some preliminary information for people who don't know or have never heard of it? Well, Sonic Boom is basically a show about Sonic, a hedgehog that's really fast, and his team up other animals, some that are also hedgehogs, like Knuckles, who is an enchilla, and also a jungle badger. They have to fight off Dr. Eggman and and protect their village. Well, that sounds like a really great... So is this a show or is this a movie? This is a show. Oh, okay. And do you know how many episodes there are? Uh... About, like, six episodes. Okay, great. And I know that's going to be a challenging question, but to you personally, which episode would be your favorite? Well, 
My favorite episode is actually is called Cowbot. It's about when Dr. Eggman creates a robot that is a cow that's full of radioactive waste so if it gets destroyed, it will destroy everything around it. So Sonic has to just wait, but it's also really slow. So Sonic has to wait for it and then just destroy it in some way. I find it really funny what they do while they just sit there and wait for it. <laughs> that is really funny. It's a unique concept as well. I don't think I've ever heard of a cow robot that can threaten everybody and everybody's lives. That's really creative idea for the show creators. And, of course, this is an animated show because even though we'd all wish it, Sonic the Hedgehog is not real. So, what did you think about the quality of the animation? The animation was was really good, and it looked, it was real, it was smooth, it was smooth the way it was animated, and all the characters had a bunch of details in it, like any animated show would usually have. It, it was good animation. Well, that's great. And do you think that kids can get a lot out of the show? Like, do you think it is very educational or entertaining? Yes, it is very ed- entertaining, and it has a few episodes that are educational, and most of the episodes talk about teamwork. There's some about not stereotyping people and and no others. You know, I have to say, I wouldn't have expected that from a show about Sonic the Hedgehog because originally he was just an entertainment character in a video game. But I'm really glad they're able to incorporate that, especially a person like, or a hedgehog like Sonic the Hedgehog, that kids will definitely listen to him. Now, what would you say was kind of the best message that you learned from the show? I know you kind of talked about stereotyping, but do you have any other morals that you really loved? Well, there was one that is team teamwork is always the answer, which is basically what almost every episode is is focusing on. There's one that shows how Sonic has to work with Dr. Eggman to get out of somewhere while his friends are struggling getting in. So uh, they have to learn about teamwork so they can escape. Well, that's really good. And do you think that the episodes are entertaining for a kid? You know, it doesn't cave your attention, doesn't get boring at all. Um, It would be entertaining for a child. There's a a few fight scenes that are more like Sonic running around and doing doing some acrobatics just to defeat the robot. So uh, the kids that are interested in the Sonic games would also be interested in this. And and interested in 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 small fight scenes, and then anyone would be interested in this show if they're young enough. Older kids, um, I don't really think so. That's very understandable. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and right now we're talking to Damon on the brand new Sonic Boom show. And Damon, you're just kind of talking about what you think little kids would get out of the show and how you think they'll like them. Now, I know what parents really want to know is, do you think it would be appropriate for kids? What age range would you give it? Well, my age rating for the show would be, I would recommend it for ages like three or seven because it has five scenes and it's very educational in mess- good messages Okay, that's good to hear. That's kind of what I expected based on what you told me. And there's a lot of animated shows, especially now. There's been a huge wave of animated kids shows coming out. 
does this show stand out in any way? Like, do you feel this show offers something to parents and kids that you haven't seen a, a lot of other shows offer? Well, other shows, they have, like, their own character that just themselves, and usually their games would would be hard, would be different. But this one has its own game already, and kids are already interested in the game, would become interested in this, and by watching this, because they're interested in Sonic, they would learn more be- without knowing, because they're watching Sonic. Very, well, very he has his own shows. That's an extremely good point. And would you like to see more kids' shows based off uh, video game characters? There are a lot of kids' shows based on video game characters, like Mario Show. And, yeah, they're, and they're, they're really are. good. Kids really like them, and they're very educational. I really agree. And I honestly also like them because, like you said, kids really connect to the characters they play and they will listen to it more. And just the experience of seeing the video game character you're playing as in a show is really cool and really exciting. Now, to you personally, do you think that all of these animated kids shows are doing good for children in your own personal opinion? Do you think that we should keep making these shows or do you think that they're not the best for children? Uh, I don't don't think they're bad for children. I'm just... Uh, it just maybe maybe actually yeah they are good they're educational and kids really listen to the characters the and the only usual bad thing is like that they have some fighting but then you can find a character that doesn't even fight much and that kids like and then you can use them that's very very true you make some great points and how many stars would you give the show i would give the show I would give the show three out of five stars because it's more for young ki- kids and uh, I played a lot of the Sonic games and that I I just kept thinking of that the games throughout the entire thing. It okay, was- and how do you think that makes it three out of out of five stars? Why do you think that takes away from the show? It it was well animated and educational for younger kids, but I, but older kids usually already know these messages. That's true. This definitely does seem like it's very narrow in its audience. That's only meant for younger kids. And something that I thought that made it's kind of interesting is Sonic generally isn't something younger kids know about. What do you think? Do you think that this is really good for younger kids? Because to me, Sonic is something that older kids generally know about more than younger kids. Well, all the kids might like it, but like as they get older, but sometimes people get bored of that kind of thing, having a character just running around doing the same thing in almost every episode. So, and younger kids really like that, and I'm part of the older group, and I don't really care much for repetition, too much repetition. Yeah, I can understand that, especially in kids' show, that is a big problem that they suffer from, is it's kind of formulaic where it's always the same thing you know good guy always wins at the end with some sort of message and i think i know your responses but would you like to see more episodes of these shows in the future yes i would like to see more of these show episodes because i'm i might find it a little funny what just sitting down and watching them when i really want to watch something but i can't find much and then i can find the sonic show and then i would just watch that and and maybe learn something. Oh, that's really good. I'm glad to hear that. And out of all the characters, because 
these shows do kind of have the same characters throughout the episodes. What would be your favorite character? Well, my favorite character is Tails, because in the Sonic film series, Tails now has a more tech-like form, and he and he's really smart and able to create stuff and analyze items. And I really like that in characters, and it's much better than the old Tails that was always seemed very dumb and that wasn't very smart, and now it's be- smarter and better and easier to like. I really like that, and it's it's such a good message for kids too. Because Tails was generally very likable and had a very addictive personality, so I'm so happy that they changed that. So Tails is a very smart person, is very inventive, very creative. I'm really happy the show was able to do that, and I agree. Tails is such a great character. Well, Damon, thank you so much for talking to me about Sonic Boom. Thank you. Of course. For our viewers, definitely check out Sonic Boom. Here comes the boom. Uh, it's on DVD, and it really seems great. I think it'll be great for young children. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ross from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Come Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Tito and the Birds. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Samantha Marcus, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Sonic Boom, Here Comes the Boom. And next, we're going to be talking with Jerry, who's from L.A. and is 17, about Apollo 13. Now, the cool thing is, is that it is the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11, and Apollo 13 was launched on April 11, 1970. It was the seventh manned mission in the Apollo space program and the third intended to land on the moon. So we got a whole bunch of cool things to talk about here, and Jerry's going to tell us about it. So, Jerry, please tell me what you thought of Apollo 13. You know, I really have to say this is probably one of my most favorite biography films, uh, historical biography films of all time, as well as just space films of all time. Even though it is on the older end now, I still just love so much about this film. And Ron Howard did almost everything possible right in this film. And 
I don't really think there's a lot that you can hate about it. It was just so authentic. Everything was so well made. The acting was phenomenal. Story was really well told. Even though it has a lot of technical terms, you still understand everything perfectly. And that's just kudos to the screenwriters and everything. Just I just really love this film. Well, that's really great to hear. And what would you say to people who haven't seen this? Because personally, I haven't seen this film. I've only read about it and I've heard about it from you. But for people who haven't seen it, like, what would it be like, do you think, for them to watch it if they haven't even heard about it? You know, I think if you want to understand really what a mission to the moon was like and just how dangerous space exploration is, you should watch this film. You know, we've had astronauts coming and going from the International Space Station for decades now with very rare incidents. And it's been like that for a really long time. So I think people don't understand just how absolutely terrifying outer space is. And I think this film demonstrates it really well. We recently had First Man on Apollo 11 about Neil Armstrong. While I thought that was uh, an okay film, I think this one does so much better in really describing Apollo 13 as a mission and the dangers they face and the astronauts and the just the psychological feel of being in outer space. It's really a unique subject and really hard to describe with words. And I think that Apollo 13 just did a phenomenal job in that. So you were talking about some of the dangers that they face. I was reading online that they had like a lot of hardships with like limited power, cabin heat loss, and a lot of things like that. But what other dangers were they faced? Because I know that it said that the crew returned safely to launch it on April 17th, which was, you know, six days later. So what would you say were some of the other dangers that they faced? Yeah, so basically the whole uh, thing of Apollo 13 is, like you said, it was just another routine mission to the moon in the mid-20th century. And what went wrong is they're trying to activate an engine to kind of do a little course correction, just make sure everything was good. And the engine basically exploded on them, and it created a giant hole in the middle of their ship, and they lost almost all their fuel. And a little thing about space travel is how it works is you go at extremely fast speeds for a really long time, and then you kind of change your velocity a little bit to make sure you get to the right place. So this really was bad for them because right now they were on a trajectory to go to the moon, and most likely they would just be shot into outer space never to return to Earth. And, and that is really, really bad. And you have to remember, there's no way they can, anybody can pick them up. There's no rescue ship. If they want to build a rescue ship, it'll take years, and they had weeks of food on that thing. So, of course, they had to panic and figure things out, and they basically got the landing module, the little ship that actually lands on the moon, and they used that, that, that fuel, that engine, to get themselves back on course. But what they basically had to do was hand-steer the entire space capsule, which is very, very hard to do, and then they had to just pray to God that their math was perfectly right so they don't burn up in the atmosphere, they don't shoot out into outer space, and nothing absolutely wrong happens in between. It really just took one little micrometeor to hit them, and they would have been dead. So it's definitely stressful, and they did come very close to death many times. The film depicts that. It shows the many health issues they had. It was not meant for what they did. They basically took their landing capsule and used it as a mothership. It's the equivalent of using a lifeboat to get all the way across the Pacific Ocean. Wow. I mean, I couldn't even imagine going into space, and I couldn't even imagine dealing with problems like that. Like, problems nowadays, especially what we deal with, like, compared to ones in space and, you know, having your health on the line and not having just, like, making sure everything works properly. I mean, that's, like, crazy. I, I, I'm so astonished, and I definitely want to check out this film. 
You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Sonic Boom, Here Comes the Boom, Bumblebee, Cat in the Hat, Storm Boy, Shazam, and we are talking about Apollo 13. So Jerry is telling us about Apollo 13 right now, and we're talking about all the hardships that they faced, what it was like to even go to the moon. I mean, just this is just fantastic information, and I wish I could go into space. But, you know, after hearing what kinds of things they had to deal with, I don't know if I'd want to, but... Um, you know, life is full of challenges, and I think that, you know, it's really great to see, especially a film where they deal with these challenges and they pull through, and I think that's the strongest part about a human being is that we make we make it through. We are strong, and no matter what we face in life and even on missions and everything, we can do it. So this sounds like a fantastic film, and it's the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11, so since you've seen both of them, you said that you liked Apollo 13 more, but what was it about Apollo 11? Like, how did they compare? So, First Man uh, was about Apollo 11, and uh, it was a lot more personal to Neil Armstrong. While Apollo 13 did talk a lot about uh, Jim Lovell, the senior officer or the senior astronaut on board the mission, I know Apollo 13. First Man was very, very personal, very, very psychological about Neil Armstrong. It was basically his life story. So that, I think, is their main difference, and it kind of shows that their actual time in space was just how Neil struggled with it and how to fight for survival, which they show really well. It's a good film. I just think that Apollo 11, I mean, Apollo 13, sorry, does a much better portrayal of the space program as a whole and how it goes much bigger picture than just the astronauts and the many, many people who worked on the Apollo program. I mean, it wasn't just a few astronauts. You had hundreds of thousands of people making rocket parts and making sure it gets to space safely. Yeah, and I think sometimes we forget that. We think it's so easy to make these things, but it's not. It takes a lot of work, dedication, and a lot of troubles and triumphs and everything. So it sounds great, and it makes me want to learn more about this because, you know, they don't really teach us about this in school, especially in physics. I mean, I learned about, like, my teacher actually in high school, he was commissioned to go up into space, and I think that that's really cool, but we don't really, like, learn about everything like this and then we have to see these movies which tell us about this which is great but you know it would be cool if we could learn about this in school now what were your expectations going into apollo 13 since you saw apollo 11 and you liked it but i mean apollo 13 you thought was just fantastic but what were your expectations apollo 13 came out years and years ago i have to check the exact date it came out but it's much older yeah 1995 so I saw it much earlier than First Man, and I expected it to be kind of similar to. Uh, um, I expected First Man to be kind of similar to Apollo 13, but it was very different. I think that's okay that it was different. It was about a different aspect of the space program. We wanted to look at the astronauts and not the mission itself, which Apollo 13 definitely wanted to do. And I was somewhat disappointed because I felt like it was much more emotional and psychological than it was just about space and space exploration. I it, it gave you a very good look at Neil Armstrong as a man, whether it was a realistic portrayal is debatable, but that's what it was all about, really looking at him and what his life was like and what he struggled with. While Apollo 13 is probably one of the most realistic and historically accurate films of all time, and it wanted to just show you every single piece of one of the most famous space near disasters in history. 
right. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I have to see both of them just to check that out. But it sounds like they were very different despite having some of the similarities. And, you know, I know that this probably, I don't know if this is a good question to ask since, you know, we weren't really involved in building it or, you know, in space or anything. But was there any part of the film that you could really relate to, especially like the challenges part? I mean, we all go through challenges, but was there something that you related to? Yeah, you know, what's some, something that's really good about Apollo 13 is they do show the astronauts very personally and very realistically. I mean, it's not these mythical people you would never, ever feel like you could relate to. They do make them very personal-like, and you they make them just human, you know? You see very similar traits in anybody else, and that's what's so great is that it's very relatable. Now, in terms of just the intensity of being in the outer space and being very, very close to death, I probably couldn't relate to that very much, but the pure emotion of the astronauts they showed was really a testament to the writing, the acting, everything. But I think it's kind of something very basic to human nature to just feel that need to go home to safety that we can all relate to. Yeah, especially the emotion and, you know, troubles that everybody faces. I mean, there is something to relate to in every film, and I think you definitely highlighted that. It is really important, and we can find something to relate to, like you just said about this film. And my last question to you, Jerry, is what would you say is the age and the star rating of this film? In terms of star rating, I would definitely give it five out of five stars. I think it's one of the best films ever made and absolutely one of the best historical films ever made. And in terms of age rating, it is a little bit more mature. It's definitely very intense. And I think older kids in general will be able to appreciate the intensity and just the scale of this mission more. So I'd give an age rating of 11 to 18. Well, that's so great. Um, Thank you so much, Jerry, for talking about Apollo 13. I mean, it definitely opens my eyes because I haven't seen it before. And I'm sure all of you listening, like, definitely check this out because there's so much to learn of that's going on in our world that we really don't know about. And I feel ashamed to say that I have not really known much about this, but I'll definitely check it out. So thank you. Thank you very much. We're going to take a quick break. I'm your host, Samantha Marcus, from sunny Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Tito and the Birds. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First film critics boot camps in three cities, New York, Washington, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about a lot of different films and shows today, but now we're going to be talking about a heartwarming story that really just looks phenomenal, and it's called Storm Boy. We're going to be talking to Ava about this, so Ava, just take it away. Can you tell us what you thought about Storm Boy? So, Storm Boy... It was sad, but at the same time, it was it was just a great movie. You know, this seems like a really personal story, and I think because of how personal and just how emotional the story is, I tell the audience just a little bit about what the film is about so they can understand what we're talking about. Okay, so the movie Storm Boy is about a boy named Michael, but as a grandpa, and but he's telling a story when he was younger, and he... He lived, like, on this weird island thingy. Not really an island, but no one really lived there. And so he met a few people, or, like, one person, and they became really good friends. And one day, they found three baby pelicans, and they wanted to raise them, so they did. And they grew up to be nice and strong. And the names of the pelicans were Mr. Percival, Mr. Proud, and Mr. Ponder, and... Eventually, Michael, or Storm Boy, has to release the birds, and he's not really happy for that because he made such a good connection with them, and he knows he has to, so he does. And then, after after a while, Mr. Percival comes back, and everything is happy, but then a sad or, like, not good event happens, and everything changes. You know, it's... It's just so interesting, and this is remade from a 1970s film. Uh, something I liked about this is that the pelicans weren't CGI or anything. They actually had pelicans on set, and they weren't restrained. They were just sitting there on their own control. So I really thought that was interesting, and I wanted to know, since you saw the film, what did you think of the pelicans? Do you think that they were able to capture a bond between a bird and a boy, something you don't see a lot in cinema? Yeah, I was, like, surprised when I found out that there was real pelicans, because at first I was like, oh, they're probably fake, but they're not. And I feel like they were trained really well, and it did, the movie, they did get, like, good, it made you believe that there was, like, a really strong 
true connection between the boy and the pelicans. It's just so interesting because it's always something like a dog or something else. It's never a pelican. I really love that they did it. And I know it's remade, but still, that's really great. And uh, I I assume you didn't see the original 1970s version? No, I didn't. Okay. And do you think that they could have improved anything, though? Um, I, I, no, I mean, maybe they could have added more, like, I don't know, more scenes to it that are more, like, strong, but really everything about it was, uh, everything about the movie was good, and just, I don't think they needed to add anything, I think it was fine the way it is. And what do you think made some scenes weak? Um, just, like, like, just, I mean, they're not really necessarily weak, but the other ones, like, m- more important ones, or strong, meaningful ones, or personal, yeah, personal ones, they're, like, they're they're just stronger. They have, a, like, a better meaning. So you think they kind of, there are some scenes that didn't really have any purpose? Yeah, sometimes, but most for the most part, everything had a purpose in it, and it was just great. That's sad to hear. I thought I saw that in the trailer. It seemed like there was a lot of filler instead of the actual story just flowing. Right now, we are talking to Ava about Storm Boy, and we are going to continue talking about it. Now, I want to talk about the acting a little bit, because not only do we have birds to worry about in terms of acting, we also have to think about child actors. The main character, Stormboy, is played by Finn Little, and he is surrounded by an absolutely amazing class, including Jeffrey Rush, who plays uh, himself older. So what do you think about the acting, and do you think they were able to tell the story in an emotional and realistic way? Yes, totally. It just, like, it was so believable, and it kind of made you feel like you're watching, like, not just a movie, but, like, this actually happened to them, and the acting was really well like good and yeah well that's very good to hear and do you think that and do you have a favorite scene in the film i think maybe when when they were like making the food for the pelicans i don't know why but it just really made me happy now i'm curious you mentioned there are three pelicans right yes would you have a favorite pelican and why um probably Mr. Percival, like the same one Stormboy likes, because he was in most of the scenes, and I just felt like the movie lets you be closer to Mr. Percival than all the other ones, because he's kind of like the main pelican. I see, so there is a main pelican. And it just was so interesting to me to see that it there was a pelican and a boy bond. When you first kind of walked into this film, you saw that it was about a pelican and a boy bonding together. What were you what was your first impressions? What were you thinking? Um, I was thinking, well, this will be interesting. I've never really like heard of anything like that, but I was I didn't really have any expectations either. Yeah, that was kind of my impression as well. Now, you mentioned that there was a lot of emotion, it is kind of a sadder story, but do you say there's any moral or message in the film? Um, maybe to just be Happy what you have while you have it. Okay, that's a very strong message, and I think it relates to a lot about what he had to go through with his uh, pelicans. And I personally understand that feel of having to let go of pets, and we all have pets, and sadly, they eventually do pass away. 
And do you think they were able to capture that emotion, that very depressing and sad part of the film well? Yeah, because in, like, a lot of the parts in the beginning, it really, you get to know, like, these pelicans, and you get to see what a good bond they have, but when he has to release them, you're like, oh. Yeah, it does seem really saddening, and it is just such a hard thing to do. Even if it's been the best for the animal, it's still very hard to do. Yeah. And how many stars would you give this film? Uh, five out of five, because it's just, like I was kind of saying before, it's just great, and the acting is great, and really once you, like, search up more or learn about more about the film and how the pel- how they, what they had to do to get the pelicans to work with them, and, like, I could just tell that it was, that movie took a lot of hard work, and it, it also on screens, it just looks so, like, fun and interesting to watch. Absolutely. This is not easy to do. Even if you have the best trained pelicans in the world, they are still wild animals and they are not, you know, captured or anything. They're not captives. So if they want to fly away and stay away for a week. You can't really do anything. You kind of just have to wait for them to come back. Yeah. So because it is more depressing and it is a sadder story, what age range would you give it? Um, maybe like eight to 18 or older because... I feel like if I was younger than eight, I wouldn't really understand, but I would still be, like, interesting, or not interesting, interested in what, like, the scenes were with the birds, and really I think anyone can enjoy it, especially if they understand what's happening. That seems very reasonable, and do you think that they should make another remake of this film eventually, or do you think they did enough with the story and they can move on? I feel like they did enough with the story and they can move on because they did make an original movie like before and then they made another one which was the newer one that we're talking about. I I think that the they both probably just have the same meaning and I don't think they need to make another one, but if they did, I'd still be happy to watch it. I fully agree. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about Stormboy. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course, for our viewers, it's out now in theater, so do check it out. It seems like a heartwarming, a little bit sadder, but still very powerful film. But thank you so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and if you want to learn how you can join the Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Tito and the Birds. I'm Jerry Ors. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.